Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Take me to the king. Hello, podcast listeners. My name is Kelly Richardson Lawson. I'm a mother, a wife, and an entrepreneur. I started the Sunrise Project after our beautiful teenage son attempted to take his own life. Truth is, I'm My husband and I felt despair, isolation, and immeasurable pain. I knew in my heart we needed a place for Black parents to share their struggles, find mutual support, and help our beloved children who struggle with mental wellness, addiction, or both. Each weekly podcast features an expert who shares their knowledge and takes questions from parents and children. Take me to the king. I don't have much to bring. The Sunrise Project allows Black families, like ours, to find comfort in knowing that we are not alone. While the purpose of the Sunrise Project is to share, support, and uplift, this conversation is not a substitute for medical advice. Finding the right healthcare professional for your family's specific needs is crucial. If you do not feel seen or heard, you should speak to more than one professional to find the right fit. Good morning, everyone, and thank you so much for being here again with us. I'm so grateful that you have decided to join us for our weekly sunrise call where we are together in a safe space always filled with love and compassion and a mutual desire to heal ourselves and our families, including our children. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. As you all know, I wear that around my neck every day, and it really has been so helpful um, recently. I am so, so, so happy to have with us this morning Melissa better known as Molly Hunter. Um, Melissa is just a force in this world for good. And uh, I'm gonna give you a little bit of her, uh, her bio, which is just incredible. Um, but, and we'll get into the conversation momentarily. Molly Hunter is an Emmy and Grammy nominated music industry leader, executive producer, artist, actor, and chef and all kinds of things who is transforming lives and helping parents with her real talk, honesty, and tough love. She's a chef, she's a musician, and she is the creator and founder of a movement called Earth Girl, where she is all about helping young ladies step into their purpose and their passion. She has an incredible story that she will share with us momentarily. She has been in the entertainment industry and the A&R world, as an artist advocate, as a producer. She's also a health and wellness expert. She's a yogi, she's a chef, she has a TV show. Um, and she has been a revered producer of so many incredible artists. And she's also shared not only her music acumen, but her 
culinary gifts with all of the people that she works with. And I have been one of those people to, to really enjoy Molly and her incredible cuisine. She um, shares her passion for meditation and manifesting a positive life through her yoga workshops and sessions all over the country. She's been showcased on Oprah's network on Flex and Shanice, along with A&E's Born This Way. And I could go on and on and on and on and on about Molly, but what I will say most importantly about Molly is she is a God-fearing woman and a wonderful, incredible friend. And she feels like a sister. So thank you so much, Molly, for being with us this morning. I know you have a lot going on. I really appreciate you um, for sharing your time. So thank I'm you. I'm so grateful, um, first of all, for you and all the work that you're doing. Just really grateful to be asked by the Sunrise Project. I followed you. Obviously, we're friends and you know, poured into one another and, and your children. So it's important. You know, uh, it's so hard to hear my bio being <laughs> read because I'm I'm one who likes to kind of just praise other people. And, you know, for people who ask what I do on the production side, I am a producer. I've been fortunate enough to executive produce and also facilitate an A&R and, and help create safe spaces in the recording studios that I've owned and partnered in and very grateful now to have um, my very own spaces to be able to share, you know, the love and light. And, you know, you said I'm God fearing, but more than fearing, I'm God loving. And, and mm -hmm. I'm grateful that my rocky road as a tween and teenager led me to have to depend on the Lord and and those things that my grandparents instilled in me because without those, all these accolades and all these things along the way would have never happened. So, mm -hmm. you know, and it, it takes a community, you know, your generation, my generation, we understand it takes a community mm -hmm. gifted with the ability to be parents. You didn't sit in a laboratory and create this child that you're so proud of. It was a gift and you have been um, charged and challenged to be able to uh, raise this child and rear them up in the way that they should go. So when they aren't next to your bosom, hopefully they all decide to do the right thing. And I didn't. Can you talk more about that? Like, tell us. <laughs> Tell us about that, because I know you shared your story with me, and if you're comfortable sharing here, just, I know you... For sure, you know, um, first interview I ever did was with um, Jamie and Sister to Sister magazine, and I was having a cognac, and I was very overly transparent. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying some things that hurt my family members, but it was my truth. And I talked about how crack in the 80s hit our community. And some of my family members was on welfare, some of them were boosters, and they would steal, and some of them sold drugs and, you know, there was a lot of chaos around when I was a child. And, you know, in seeing that chaos, but having parents who worked really hard to put me through private school, there were still things that I would do as a young person that were illegal. Life is a highway and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. I was violent. 
I stole things. I, um, you know, smoked cigarettes from the time I was probably 12 years old to 21. Mm -hmm. There's things that I did. People are going, no, Molly, not you. Yes, I was a little gangster kid. Mm -hmm. And, you know, by the time I was 13, I was arrested the first time and then second time for battery and then the third time possession of marijuana intent to deliver and da 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 and it just kept going and finally you know someone in my community because my mom and dad were done you know they didn't know what now my mom would say what now what now oh you know that sounds familiar uh -huh. you know my older sister could do no wrong my younger sister you're leading her in the wrong direction oh god yeah that was me that was me finding my way and god allowing me to mess up and stub my toe and bump my head and scrape my knees enough to have to get on my knees as a young person and i think when you make it a point to pray with your children you wake up every morning and on the way to school you ask for god's protection but you also ask that mm -hmm. we all are vessels that are used i think when you keep and my grand used to say who i'm named after she has almost 600 offspring so when you say well she ain't got no kids how's she gonna have a conversation with kelly i babysat and raised kids from the time i was left with kids as a seven-year-old babies on the floor you know so for me my job was always helping my sisters with their children, my aunts with their children, my uncles with their children. And, and I learned a lot along the way about responsibility. No, I'm not a parent. And people say, well, Molly, you're not the mom. You don't understand. I understand this. If you're the mom and you're the dad, you are not the creator of this child. You have to give your kid to the Lord and say, okay, how can I best understand my kids? My dad used to say, the Bible says, I am your mother and father. You're so disrespectful. I can't believe it. And then I moved out of the house in my high school years and we didn't get along and they never knew where I was or what was happening. This is before you could just send a quick text. I'm okay. I had a pager. I had a pager in junior high. I was a little grown up, I thought. Mm -hmm. My dad's the oldest of 11. He's the oldest grandchild of, I don't know how many, you know, I'll tell you, as a kid, I used to pray and be like, Lord, why do I do these things? Mm -hmm. And then my mom was sad and disappointed. Your kids are sad too. It ain't just about y'all and, oh, my kid, and I'm embarrassed. They don't want to go to college. And, you know, all these wonderful accolades that you touted out about me were because I was not the kind of kid Yes, had the highest ACT for science, and all my teachers said, here, you should be a doctor, and had a full scholarship for pre-med, but I also had a partial scholarship for music and theater, and that's where my passion was. Mm -hmm. So my first year of college, I got kicked out. My first year, full scholarship, four years, I lost it. Mm -hmm. Because I had trauma from my childhood that my parents didn't understand. They were gone. I was being babysat. There were things that were going on that they didn't know or didn't when they weren't in a space when you tried your kids tried to talk to you they're scared of y'all yeah. and you're busy you just got home from work and now you got to go home to work some more right mm -hmm. we were trying to tell our parents hey this is going quit tablet quit we i can't hear it they couldn't hear it so what do we do as kids we as children we're all still kids we eat it mm -hmm. and then what happens it comes out 
in your subconscious mind and now you're smoking with this kid or you're doing this or you you know you're getting arrested for being in the car that was stolen or you know whatever it is so you know we have to realize our children have also been raised by the television the internet the music the video games stop being so hard on your children and disappointed mm. try to find those little things that they do right and encourage them the bible also says don't irritate your kids don't don't what does it say i, I don't know the, the whole preface but if you, we got to honor you as parents you, you have to be someone who respects us for us to respect you. Mm-hmm. That old school way of being like, you don't have an opinion. Do what I say, not what I do. That's selfish and that's narcissistic and you can't mm-hmm. even to your children. Then lying. Sometimes mm-hmm. kids do not need an opinion. I'm the parent. I've always taken care of my kid. This is the decision I'm making depending on what age. Mm-hmm. It's what, what you said to me that was so powerful just now. And also when we talked about this years ago was the point about listening, because what I heard you say just now, many of us get home from work or we're, you know, moving from one room out of our zoom room to the kitchen to get something to eat. And the kids come in, they might be coming from school or they came home from college or not, or they just came in and they want to talk. And we don't, we don't have time. We don't give them time. We don't make the time. And to really listen and be present to what they're saying. I think that's so powerful. And I've learned that the hard way. The important. You do it. Mm-hmm. You to change who you are. You're asking your kids to grow up. Guess what? My grandmother was 97 and she told me you never stop growing up. Mm-hmm. Telling your kids to grow up, you got to grow up too. And how do you do it? If you're dating someone, you're not just reading the book. You're reading and retaining mm-hmm. information. That's right. And your kids are talking to you. You can't just listen and it's out in one ear, out the other. You have to listen and retain it and take the time to not react. You're a child still. Right. We're, our bodies grow older, but we don't, there's nothing inside you that says you're still not, the, you're a child of God still, so you're still growing. Mm-hmm. How do you do it? because that kid feels your tension. You feel the tension. Now you're snapping. She's leaving, he's leaving. You don't know if they're gonna run away now because the tension in the air. You gotta change your whole approach if you're in a situation with your kid where there's the energy is off. So how do we do that? That's my question. So let's say the first time Johnny comes home and, or you discover, you walk in, you're like, oh, my house smells like weed, what's going on? And you don't necessarily live in a state where it's legal and they're 15 years old, make it, I'm making up some numbers. But what, what is a parent supposed to do? In that exact situation, what would you recommend the conversation be like? If any, you know what I mean? Like if you hear it, most of us, I'll, in my case, I went off. What are you doing? Ah. And it depends on the parent. Mm-hmm. my dad said to me doesn't that make you paranoid I said no it makes you paranoid these other little kids these little trust fund kids are on Ritalin I'm not trying to be on a man made drug I've researched it because I was a little chemist so if I do that and it's making me calm down what you gonna do ignore it you gonna tell me don't call me when you're arrested and then I did called him hey Dad, I just wanted to let you know I got arrested for 
having marijuana on me. Back then it was a felony. It was just a misdemeanor. They acted like it was crack cocaine in Chicago. So he said, I told you don't call me if you get arrested for that stuff. Then I said, I'm calling you. I'm already out because I already had a plan. I was a different type of kid, obviously. For me, I said, I'm calling just to let you know because it's Sunday and I know you're going to be in church and it's in the Sunday paper. I'm mm. in the Sunday paper for great grades and cheerleading and rooting my team on. You had to have all A's to be a cheerleader. Mm. And then now I'm in the paper for this. Mm. You know, so my advice is know yourself before you try to command your kid not to do certain things. Mm. And you could say be patient, but what does that entail? It means I have done the best that I can. Up to this point, I have to give it to God. Now I'm still a parent. So whether it's take, if you can only take five minutes before you blow up, at least take that time and go and breathe. Mm -hmm. When I say breathe, I don't mean... I mean, go and breathe. It's a book that I'm reading, and I've read it a few times, and it's the um, it's the healing power of the breath. It talks about how Martin Luther King led, how Mahat Gandhi led, Bruce Lee took a blow, um, Muhammad Ali took a blow because they learned a breathing technique. What talks about patience and reacting and, and thinking about your response instead of just doing that same reacting thing that you do as a parent. You just flip on, why my house smell like weed? What is going on? No, that's not working. That's like opening up the oven, checking on the cake. Is it, is it? Leave it alone for a minute, right? Leave it alone and go, okay, what's the best way I can respond to this without beating this child? Because then you're going to jail. What's the best way? And I always say, y'all, y'all, I probably didn't have kids because I'm going to choke the life. I can be patient with your kid, Kelly. But with your own, you feel like this is a this is a reflection of you. Stop it. This is not a reflection of you. That's your ego getting in the way of your child being reared the right way and not trusting you because they know here it goes. Here we go. Yes. So my advice is, depending on your child, some kids need to be snatched up. I know you didn't smoke weed in my house. Don't look at me. Please get out of my sight for a minute. I'm gonna go breathe for a second and we're gonna have a conversation at some point. I might torture you and it might be tomorrow. Do not talk to me right now because if I say something, it's not gonna be nice. And then your other approach, depending on your child might be, Man, it really hurt my feeling. I thought we had this conversation before. I'm cool. Next time you need a cash app or you want to ask me to drive you somewhere, I'm going to think about that because you didn't think about my feelings and how I feel because I worry. I tell you I worry about you every day. But see, this is a part of parenting. Some parents aren't warm and loving. But you want to be heavy-handed, huh? Sometimes a child isn't you and the way your mother raised you and the way your father raised you. And you didn't get that hug. So mm. you don't get it. It just ain't how we do. Well, you need mm. to break that generational curse. Mm. You need to love on your children. They need to know when you speak to them, 
is coming from a loving place. Mm-hmm. Even when you're hard on them, they know they're wrong. But if you're coming from a place that's not loving and judging and nagging and making me feel like I'm already terrible as a black child, that I got to turn on my Instagram and see kids getting shot and choked by police officers. We ain't represented anywhere in a positive way on television or anywhere. So now the world tells me I ain't. Mm-hmm. Now you telling me I ain't. So now what you got to do is understand the psychology of your children. Interesting that this 12-acre property now for love and learning and this woman in her 90s and her children said, God wanted you to have this space. There were several offers. I don't even know what, I, I know what got into Eric and I, you know, it came to me first. I saw a vision of me, you, all of our friends. This is our space to help others. But, you know, my parents my mom called me a wandering nomad until I was 30 years old, 35 years old. And and all the things that I do that I love, and people are like, oh, okay, now what is she doing? Oh, now she's a yoga health and wellness expert. Well, guess what? There's no way I would have survived being in the recording studio day in and day out for 15 years with terrible food, drugs, whatever i had to be the beacon that said nah we want great music we want to eat healthy brain foods so we don't eat this stuff and get the itis and don't get me wrong sometimes i will eat some fries from here or some whatever i'm not perfect but the 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 point is we already are against the gun in mental health because of what we've eaten and physical health the anemias the diabetes all this stuff for 20 years, I've studied from the first time I got arrested from weed and then I see Whole Foods get opened up. How this corn is $1.50 more than this corn? How is this? How? Because that's a drug as well. So we learn, we learn to feed our children, not just physically, but mentally and spiritually and give them love when they, we want to beat them. <laughs> we want to snatch them up. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. I think that's so important. It's leading with love. Exactly right. Even when you want to punch him in the face. And I don't mean that. Like, you know. <laughs> you mean that. That's why I'm like, no, let me not talk about corporal punishment. But the point is. Um, listen. As a disclaimer, we don't do, we, we, we don't, don't hit. Correct. We're talking about cleaning yourself out, cleaning your closet out. That's right. So you'll be able to not have the stress That's in right. raising your children. And something you said earlier, which is so powerful too, is just giving them to God and also faith. Because we all often, when I first met you, we were talking about how afraid I was for Kyle, leaving the house all the time, didn't know where he was, and this and that. Exactly what you just said not to do, we were doing. We were making him feel bad and fussing all the time and looking at him all crazy. Fear and faith cannot live in the same thing. They cannot. That's right. That's right. So when you have fear, you're not in faith. When you're in faith, you, you get rid of the fear. And that's the that's the hard part, I think, for many of us. To really live in faith. Yourself out and say, yeah. not about me. Lord, I know you have them. Yeah. When they come to you, 
you know what? In the past, I would have snapped. And you know, you're probably waiting for me to snap, but I'm tired. That's right. That's right. Do you want to know how I was raised as a kid? Yeah. Maybe you don't tell your children why you're the way you are. And you have to say, hey, when they should be apologizing, you have to wow. come to them as a psychologist and a parent who cares enough to connect. And sometimes that means putting down your anger, putting down your judgment, putting all that fear, sadness, resentment, because over the time, now you done did this three times. Now you're angry. And then every time they do it, you're more angry. That's right. And they talk about kids. Marriage is important too. What are they seeing? What they seeing in your household that they think, my fault they're arguing and hate each other because I'm a terrible kid. So it's a cycle that's happening. But the first mm -hmm. thing you have to do is go, okay, I give up. When my life started being blessed, it's like, okay, Lord, you have blessed all of my hard work and seeds because my ancestors and the angels must be helping. But you know what? what why am I driving here? Let me take mm -hmm. my hands off the wheel. I'm still, still going to go zero to 100 real quick. But now that I don't have pressure on me, how am I going to pay these bills at this ranch and the studio mm -hmm. and the manor and the cabin and help all these girls at Clark and Stone and Howard and all over the country who need me. And now it's COVID and they can't come together. You just let it go. Mm -hmm. Let go and let God. And when you say that, quit pretending. Quit right. pretending. Right. Right. It takes a lot of guts and, and ego. Sometimes you just got to stop. It's not about you and what's right. your kid. This isn't your kid anyway. That's right. Like I said, did you make him in a test tube? Nah, you didn't. It, you know, half of them was an accident. <laughs> My mama told me I was an accident. I didn't know. As a kid, I didn't know you shouldn't tell your kids that. My sister was one month old, and we're Irish twins. She, you know, she one month old, had the worst pregnancy ever, in labor for two days, whatever. And here comes me, hey. And I said, was I hard? Did it, no, your sister's shoulders were broad. It was the worst pregnancy ever. And I said, she goes, no, you popped right up. Well, then why was my pregnancy? Because she had the fear. Mm -hmm. what she just went through a month before so the whole nine months mm -hmm. how many months it takes y'all to build this child in your stomach mm -hmm. all those months she's afraid that I'm going to come out and hurt her and I popped right out mm -hmm. so what does that mean for you and your kids if you mm -hmm. give it to God it's just going to pop right out and you're not going to worry about it spending all this time worrying and worrying your child because of what they did in the past Forgive them and move on, for real. And if you show your kids that you forgive them That's and that right. you trust them, yeah. you're going to be ashamed if they don't. The, the decision-making process, if my dad would have trusted me more and not been so fearful because of what his sisters had done, mm -hmm. oh, they did this, they got pregnant, they got this, this, and that. And they're, man, if he would have just been like, I trust you. I promise you, and I'm not just saying this, I would have made different decisions. Mm -hmm. In my mind, well, they think I'm a piece of crap anyway, ain't gonna do everything. I'm the only one not having sex. And they're out here telling I'm the only one not doing drugs. So now when the drugs pass to me, guess what? I'm puffing that weed because you think I'm doing it anyway. You telling me I'm doing it. And mm -hmm. I may look like the kid that's doing it, but I'm not the kid that's doing it. I'm just 
outspoken. They should say she fast. She's going to be the first one pregnant. Okay. I wasn't fast. I was opinionated. And, you, and the one thing I, I tell you when I got the um, Ebony Power 100, mm-hmm. Ebony Magazine, my dad said to me, you were bossy as a kid. But I told everybody to allow it. That's awesome. He said, I didn't want to crush that. Mm-hmm. Because I knew you would become a leader with what your grandparents. We had all kinds of people in the community. Depend on your friends who are raising their children the right way. Mm-hmm. And let them depend on you. If you're not the dependable parent, become dependable. So other parents takes the community. I'm just so happy that you're here for these people, Kelly, because we've been in tears together over what you've gone through and what others have gone through. So absolutely. One of the things you just, well, we help each other first and foremost, and people like you coming on to share really helps all of us. Um, what you said when you were talking about, well, I did anyway, I heard Kyle say that ninth grade, we would not allow him to go to parties, period. We're like, no, you can't go that. We heard it's parties, it's drugs, it's alcohol. Nope. You can't go just blanket. No. And I remember he said a couple years after that, you know, because we thought he was doing it anyway. He said, well, I might as well. But he said exactly your words. That he I'm said the exactly. one kid ain't out here fooling around having sex. Now. The one person. I was the one person that wasn't, and you weren't even looking. The quiet kids that wasn't telling you nothing were the ones that you didn't even know they were the ones that were pushing it and doing it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. so it's having trust. That's the key. I'm seeing a different world kids with the, my younger. Them, the guilt will eat them up if they do it. And that they're just, there's a 50 50 chance that they won't do it. Yeah. It's so having that chance and it's like, you know what? They don't think I'm anyway. Give me that weed. I would have never done it, but they, we just got in this argument. I don't think I could even go home tonight anyway. So, you know, here we go. Right. And that mindset was flooring to me. There's a, the caller has their hand up. So I just want to acknowledge. Hi. Um, I really thank you for coming on. And you said something that really resonated with me. And that was the fact that you can't have fear and faith in the same space. And it's just a hard lesson to learn because I just remember being, you know, I'm, I understood about ACEs. I understood when I was getting my divorce, what that was going to impact my kids. I understood all of that. But then when I started dealing with them with the smoking, I was just kind of like, okay, what am I going to do? Take a deep breath. Don't overreact. I got it like 50, 50% right because I did the wrong thing. I was like, okay, I didn't overreact. I was really calm. And then I'm like, you know what? Let me take some wine and really think about what I'm going to do. And then it becomes not understanding that I am teaching my child to numb. He's watched me numbing. Mine was through alcohol, but then that's what you're, you're, they're like, okay, you're thinking about it, but you're thinking about it in ways that are not, um, um, that are actually destructive and not understanding the impact of that behavior by them watching you trying to coach them as you're still trying to figure it out. And, in, and, and it was because of fear. It's kind of like, okay, I know what's out there. I know what's going on. And if I'm, I'm just so afraid, but I don't want to push him away. So I'm not going to say anything right now until I figure it out. 
but modeling really bad behavior. And so it really isn't until I, I really stopped and said, and I think the pandemic was helpful for, for our family because what happens is I couldn't control anything. I wasn't controlling things before, but I thought I was, but then having to really surrender and really saying, you know what? I just got to really focus on myself on figuring out how to get healthier and to be healthier so I could be there for my kids. That was such a major change in the relationship and the health of my kids and my health. And things are so much better now, but it really went back to saying, number one, if you have faith, you're going to have to let that stuff go and start really concentrating on what God's vision is for you. And in watching the watching me get better, then they started saying, well, maybe I could listen to you because you're not acting the same way. So absolutely, you said control a few times. Sorry to interrupt you. Mm-hmm. You said control, control. When is your birthday? And July third. What is it? July third. So you're cancer. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sensitive. Very. <laughs> sensitive. Emotional. Your feelings get hurt when your kids don't listen, and you're like, I don't. Yeah. Correct. It's like if I check off when we're their age. Can you remember? Did you ever take a little drink of alcohol? Did you ever puff a little weed? Did you? It's rhetorical. But we can't sometimes remember when we were that age and how we felt. Well, you know, the truth of the matter is I didn't do any of those things when I was younger. Hmm. And, and so that's what made it so much more difficult because I literally had very much of a disconnect. Hmm. But then I also have to understand that I made a change. I was grow, I grew up in more of a village and had a greater village and then transferring and coming into, you know, PWI spaces and them having to navigate, you know, being in, in such a different uh, community and not having community in the way that I had more of a community. All of those things impacted my boys. In, in addition to everything that was going on in the world with all of the uh, shootings of young black men and just the world that they're growing up. So the truth is it was so different that I couldn't relate, but I had to really do my homework to understand what was going on. The only thing that I had in common was understanding how it is to have some, you know, watching parents numb, right? Watching how did you resolve- That's a big, big thing you're saying. Yeah. How you gonna be the example when you're numbing with a spirit, wine and spirits, mm-hmm. and then you tell them just cause it's illegal Western civilization, something that grows out of the ground without fermenting, that's, a, that's terrible because it's a spirit and you're, that's deep. You know what I always say? What if you would have had the internet in this thing? Information highway, a little bit in Apple with all the information as a kid. Like you said, gotta see black kids getting shot and choked by police officers. And you see them, you don't see them in a, in a light in the representation of them being successful. There's a big push for women with this Earth Girl movement. I've been doing this since 2008. Now it's a big thing where Everyone wants to pour into women, 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 because we're so oppressed, but let's not leave these boys behind. 
And you got to look at it like, I tell all my adult parents, okay, your kid is 13. That's 16 or 17 when we were kids because well, we have all the information at a touch. Now they may not have the world, the world information and the experience, but they can look online and find things that we never could find. And they may be a little more mature than when we, what we think. And you're talking to them, all my kids, all my kids that I talk to, their parents are my friends. So I said, listen, you can't be disrespectful about your mama or your dad to me because that's my friend too. I have this weird relationship with everybody, but I can understand that your kids sometimes like, she don't even get it. She don't even get it. Like she talks to me like I'm five. No, I talked to you like you're 13 when I was 13. That's it right there. You know, you know, that was a really groundbreaking because that's what one of my sons sat me down, the youngest one sat me down and said, you just don't have a clue. And I really, you know, I really, I really need you to understand, not excuse me, I said the youngest, it was the oldest. He, cause he's a, a substantially older. He's like, you don't have a clue. Let me walk you through this. Gave me the app urban dictionary. Help me. So like, it was like, you need to watch these shows. You need to really get a grip. Let me immerse you in our culture, mom. <laughs> That's what I do as an agency. I immerse all these Constellation Brands and Coca-Cola and all these corporate people at Viacom <laughs> understanding you're the boss over this community and you don't even understand people of color. Right. So do we even understand kids? Do we understand teenagers? Right. Do we understand the movement? Because right. each generation of kids is a different wave. They're all on it. They're like a little gang. Mm. One of the things you just said to me, and I so appreciate this last caller speaking, um, when she was talking about, and you were talking about how many of us, I love wine too, so I'm just admitting this, right? So drink wine, you know, probably glass almost every day or two. And, but then when we were going through our situation with Kyle, not understanding it, didn't kid it, you know, had never done that as a kid. It was such a... Um, we made him out to be like this bad kid just for smoking weed. Like you said, just for smoking weed when he's seeing me drinking wine. Now my husband doesn't drink at all or smoke nothing, but I, you know, he's seeing me drinking wine looking, well, what's, what's the difference? Probably if I think about it in his mind and there was really no reason to make him out to be, you know, we would really demonize him. If I really am honest with myself and I look back at how he must have felt. It's okay to be afraid because there are gateway drugs. And being in the recording studio my whole life with young men, seeing this young man here who's Grammy nominated and started smoking weed, lost his mind. Literally went down a wormhole and started selling cocaine, doing cocaine. It was a gateway. And then this person who smokes, whose mother was cool about it and said, I'm going to trust my child. It's a business for him. And he's peaceful and he's happy and it's okay. And that's why you have to be close to your children. And everybody say, you can't be friends with your kids. Don't get in the friend zone. But there's a certain amount of trust that you have to build by respecting them and mm -hmm. telling them, know thyself. Yeah. Because if they know thyself, when you ask them, who are you? Where are you going? Mm -hmm. Now for me, 
I was in a meeting the other day with an old client. They wanted me to be a client again. They wanted to be my client again and me to bring celebrities to expose their brand. They said to me, one lady was irritated. Oh, Mally, what don't you do? <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> I was like, uh, well, I don't do anything I don't like to do. My parents and my grandparents instilled music in me. Something that I always loved, but I also loved science and was great at it. My love for science trickled over to me studying food because there were a lot of mental health issues in my family. My uncle Henry used to walk around the whole town drunk and they'd say, ha ha, look at the old drunk lady. That was my uncle Henry. So for me, I always wondered, well, how does alcohol affect your body? How does food affect your body? Your kids are affected by being dehydrated from lack of water that affects their gray and white matter in their brain and they're going to be depressed and they're gonna be snappy. If they're not eating the colors of the rainbow, there's no brain food. So now you force them to sit down and do great in school, how? They're not getting the brain food that they need. We don't talk about that as a black community. So for me, being in the studio and feeding people, it made the energy so good in my building. Why wouldn't I feed you? And of course, I'm, an artist and a perfectionist, instead of me doing my music at that time, I put it all in the mix of my food. And I said, what's your favorite food? What would you eat for your birthday? And it taught me over 15 years how to cook for different people and, and, and multicultural people. And, and it was a blessing. So, you know, if your kids are younger and teenagers and going through stuff, maybe just be like, we turning off phones. Let's make some pizza. Let's, let's, let's do something together as a family. I love that feedback. Yeah, and one call, um, one another woman a few weeks ago talked about, I think it was Sharon Green, talked about being okay with not being okay. Actually, being okay that the room is a mess. It's okay. It's not that big of a deal at the end of the day. You know, and I think another thing she commented on was around, it's very similar to what Molly's saying, you know, doing things together that are fun. They're not looking like, okay, you got to clean up your room, but it's more like, I love the idea of let's cook something together or let's go I, have to I have to admit something that's horrible, you guys. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. oh my God, my poor mom. I never cleaned my room. I would <laughs> put it under the bed. I would shove it in the closet. I would at Easter save my basket and say to my sister, I'll give you a snicker if you do. Like I would bribe everyone to do my laundry, to do my, I never did any of it. And as an adult, these 15 years that I'm telling you ladies about, I had what I call the room of doom. One place that my cleaning people could not go into because it was the room of doom. Everything was on the floor to a point where I just have to buy new things. But when I got out of my depression and stopped overworking myself, and being a workaholic and realizing, and this was God giving me a car accident. Okay. Shake me up and say, are you happy with your life? No, mm. you're not living your dream. You're making all this money. You're helping everybody else be successful. But what do you, if you were on your deathbed, what could you go back and say, man, I would have really wanted to see Niagara Falls. Or right. So, sew a shirt or whatever it is. You know, so for me, you're right, Kelly. I was okay with that room being the room of doom until I made the decision to go, no more depression. I'm not just wearing mm -hmm. all black. Let me get these other clothes out of the attic that I 
used to wear. And everyone says, oh my God, Molly, I love the new you. No, this is me from 15 years ago that I shoved in a closet because I thought I needed to be successful in life and just be a workaholic. No, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I love one thing that you said recently to me because I was asking about getting together, coming to see your uh, your estate, which is so beautiful where you have all those young ladies come out and you said, no, I protect Saturday and Sunday for my kids. And I was like, that is fantastic. It's a, it's a major paradigm shift for you. And no, because you used to be like, yes, anytime Saturday, anytime Sunday, anytime, anytime. Call me three in the morning. Like my man says, is Sunday you're doing it. And you know, this isn't for money. This is, this is our church this morning. This is us saying, okay, Lord, we all have been, we don't know where, first of all, all you parents that are stressed out, do you even know where we came from or your kids came from or how they got here? Mm -hmm. And when we pass and transition, do we know where we're going? We don't. So Mm -hmm. having that understanding of, we don't even Lord know how we got here or where we're going. All we know is, is that, we have one life to live, and our job is to live it the best way and the most peaceful and happy way that you can. That's right. It's not about more money. It's not about more accolades. It's not about being perfect or having the perfect kid that doesn't smoke weed, that isn't depressed, that's skinny. That Sorry. Your clothes, should, you shouldn't fit your clothes. Your clothes should fit you. Oh, I love that. Yes. Somebody who lost 30 pounds. <laughs> And I'm up and down and up and down. And people go, oh, okay, she's talking about weight. It's not easy for me to stay this size. I have to, I have to really drink extra water and I drink carbonated water. So it fills me up because I love to eat. But when I got up to my biggest, which for me and my size, mm-hmm. it was recognizable weighing on me, the stress. So, and then you, then you think I'm not attractive. I'm not sexy. And of course you're going to be depressed. Right. So I think, you know, carrying these vessels uh, to the right grocery stores and when we want that extra sweet, when we want that extra bite, that's sacrifice and saying, Lord, thank you for this body that you gave me. And this is the temple that carries your spirit that you bless me with around. I, I got to do better. That's it's right. Not easy for me. It's not easy for any of us, I think. And that's so true. Thank you for sharing that. You always say to me, you're so tiny, old girl. Stop. Yeah, because in my mind, oh, I'm not. And you work work on it every second of the day. That's right. I just want to say thank you, everybody. I know we could be here so much longer, but Molly has to run. I hope you'll have you back on sometime soon. Love everybody. Thank you for being here, Molly. Give yourself some grace and don't be so hard on yourselves or your kids. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Molly. Love you to death. Um, Love you to life, I should say. Uh, And right now, I'd love to turn over to Kelly Chapman, who will close us out with a prayer. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Thank you, and thanks again to Molly. It was wonderful. Lord, we give thanks to you because you are good. Your love for us is never-ending, and great is your faithfulness. We thank you for your vessel, Molly Hunter. We thank you that those that you call, you equip. And we are grateful for such a time as this that you would divinely connect her to the Sunrise Project to enlighten and inform us. We are also encouraged to hear her journey from rebellion and running away to finding her purpose and path through you. From being on the streets at the age of 15 to leading a firm, a nonprofit, and being a mentor to youth and parents all over the country. 
Molly is a living testimony that God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. Lord, we thank you for the candid talk about generational curses in our dialogue with our children. We are encouraged today to season our words with salt and to watch the example that we set for our kids. You said in your word, and ye fathers provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Forgive us, Lord, for being puffed up and haughty and judgmental. Forgive us for forgetting our own childhood and teenage years of secret sin and what our parents may have considered self-destruction. But we made it. You know, hallelujah. Yet we don't allow our children to learn and grow from their own choices. Forgive us for not remembering what you brought us out of and how we achieved what we did. Forgive us for thinking our righteousness and our perfect upbringing is without blame. Finally, we know you said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And thank you, Kelly, as always, beautiful prayer. Thank you, everybody, for being with us this week. Have an incredible day, an incredible week. I'm Kelly Richardson Lawson, and you've been listening to the Sunrise Project podcast. You can follow Sunrise wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, open your podcast app and follow this show. Join us next week for another gathering of support. Thank you for listening. If you or someone you know is struggling with mental wellness challenges, contact your doctor, NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, or both. You can reach NAMI's helpline at 800-950-6264, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern Time, or email at info at NAMI.org. Volunteers are working to answer questions, offer support, and provide practical next steps. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.